Tim Payne, former Australian skipper. Of course, you can hear him every Monday and Friday on SEN Tassie with Brent Casello in the mornings. Good morning, Tim. Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. Um, let's start with this one. I'm sure you've been asked it a few times. Marnus or Marcus? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm going with, uh, depending on conditions, I've sort of answered it a couple of ways. <laughs> I'm, uh, if we're going to use Marcus Gornis with the new ball, which I think we need to, uh, then I'm picking with him, but um, we've been reluctant to do so over the tournament. So yeah. uh, he's only bowled sort of 18 or 19 overs, I think, from what I've seen. So um, if that's the case, we're not going to use him with the new ball, then I'm going to take uh, the batting and fielding of Marnus Labuschagne. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, Tim, and this is why I wanted to get your thoughts on it because it's one of those situations where you get what you get with Marnus. You know what you're going to get, but you also yeah. know what you're going to get with Marcus Stoinis as well. So it yeah. comes down to then what the team needs. So from from a captaincy and coach position, when you're sitting around talking about this, you'd obviously have something made up in your mind already, but then you keep an eye on the condition. So how close do you go to sort of changing your mind you know, as, as as the day gets closer to Thursday night's match? Yeah, I think certainly once you get to, to Eden Gardens and see the pitch, they'll have a, a better idea. I think they'll have a really good idea of what they want to do regardless. Um, mm. Unfortunately, we don't know that, so we're only guessing or making sort of predictions from the outside. But um, as I said, I think we've struggled so far in the tournament to take early wickets, which has been a real surprise given the quality of our fast bowlers. But we haven't been able to swing the ball. And to be fair, not many people have. Um, in this World Cup. It hasn't been very conducive to swing. So um, I thought that's a role that Stoin could play. Um, but, but you're right, I don't think we can we can lose really either way we go. We've got Glenn Maxwell coming back in who didn't play the last game, so he can bowl overs that, um, that Stoin potentially bowled in the game before. Um, but yeah, I think in a big, big game, I'm sort of leaning towards uh, Marnus regardless of the conditions. If if I had to make an absolute call, because we know the quality of him, we know how proven he is in big games and test match cricket and under pressure. And, um, you know, I think his fielding in the last four or five games has been outstanding. And if, if he can produce something in the field that runs out of Virat Kohli or takes a great catch to get rid of um, Rohit Sharma, then that can swing the game just as quickly as well. They're both impact players, so you know you're going to get an impact either way if they're both on song. But there's something about Marnus that's infectious. He's the infectious kind of player. I mean, he doesn't shut up. That's a, that's a start. No, so you know, that, <laughs> you know yeah. that he's going to make some noise. And, and he is on song. And he's making the most of every opportunity. He's one of those players, Tim, isn't he, that's making the most of his moments because there was a fair old chance. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't in the squad initially. So yeah. when, you, when you look that way, do you see a player here who's like, well, hang on a second, I've got to make every second count because I, I, I wasn't going to be here in the first place. Yeah, well, and I think you look right back to his test career and the same thing happened. He, he, he played when Steve Smith got hit in the head by Joffre Archer. So, yeah. um, you know, from, from that time, he, he's done it two or three times now. He's been ruled in as a um, concussion substitute or he got a game and came in for the World Cup. He's described, I described him to someone the other day who always looks to run to opportunity. He, he prepares himself so well that if he gets a chance, he, he very rarely gives it back because that's that's the level he trains at. There's, a, there's an old saying, you, you know, in, there's no, no such thing as a big game player. You, you actually drop to the standard of your training um, when you're under pressure. And I think Marnus is a great example of that. He prepares himself so well. He trains at a really high level. And then every time he gets an opportunity, he's ready to grab it and not give it back.
Rain's on the radar, though, mate, um, and a lot of it by the, by the looks of there. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 millimetres is, I mean, as much as I could find my, uh, I'm a bit of a weather nerd, and as much as I could find my weather forecast um, in Calcutta, <laughs> the best I got was 12 millimetres coming, but the, the fact is that, it, that it's going to continue to build and build and build. Does that play any part in what type of team that you'd be looking at, what type of impact player, how fast you want to get things done if it's going to be reduced? Yeah. It could potentially, but again, I think they'll have all that ready to go. And, um, you know, you don't want to be planning too far ahead of something that might not happen. You've got a reserve day as well. And, um, you know, we know in India it can bucket down, but it can dry really quickly as well. And um, I, I'm not sure exactly how it works, whether they can use both days, if they get half the game done on one day and finish it the next, which I've seen happen in India before, or it's got to be a full game on, on one of those days. But, uh, look, it's going to be interesting. And, again, that sort of shortened... Uh, version of the game when rain's about potentially swings it back into Marcus Thornis' favour. So it's going to be fascinating and um, the selectors and the coaching staff and Pat and his leaders are going to have, have their work cut out. They're going to have to make big decisions really quickly if um, if rain hits the World Cup semi-final. Still unsure about Temba Bavuma. Um, from what I could see, he did take part in an optional training session. He's had a hamstring strain, so Aidan Markram will take over as captain if he's not there. Who who do you have to be wary of here in South Africa? Because they've got some pressure points all the way through. So you'd love, in a batting sense, to try and remove Quinton de Kock and Bavuma if he's there as quickly as possible. But they've got danger signs everywhere. Yeah, well, I'd be trying to keep Bavuma in, if I'm totally honest, from what I've mm. seen at the World Cup. Um, they've got uh, Heinrich Klaassen, who hits it out of the ground. He's scored 100 in this World Cup, and he's, he's been really dangerous. They've got David Miller, who can hit it as... As far as anyone, Aidan Markram, um, you, you mentioned a, a world-class player. Um, so they've got a guy who, who actually, when Bavuma didn't play, Reza Hendricks, who came in and played really well as well. So um, look, they, they've got quality the, right the way through their batting lineup. Quentin Cox, obviously, the star of that team and, and the big wicket that we must get at the start because he scored 400s in this World Cup. And um, if he gets away, not only is he really dangerous, but allows you know that power hitting that I mentioned of Class and Miller and and Aidan Markham to, to take you down late. So uh, he's a huge key. And uh, the same with their bowling. I think they've got a, a really well-rounded bowling attack. I think they'll pick Shamsy, the um, left-arm wrist spinner that didn't play last game. But I think you know, they'll be looking to bowl at least 25 to 30 over the spin against Australia. So he'll come in for one of their quicks. And uh, Same with their quicks. They're dangerous. They've got big Marco Janssen. They've got uh, Rabada. And they'll pick the third one, I think, will be the Kutsi or uh, big Nagiti. So... Mm. They've got a world-class attack. They've got lots of options, left-arm spin, right-arm spin, big, tall, fast bowlers. Um, so it's going to be a, an unbelievably good contest to watch. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, of course, India versus New Zealand. Can I just get your thoughts on... Um, you've probably seen what Mitch Stark has had to say. It was it was put to him about um, the conditions over there. And you said, you know, you've spoken about swing and reverse swing in particular. It's been hard to gain. Yeah. And, and Mitch has said, well, why don't we just go back to one ball? Because the ball stays harder for longer. Why are we using two balls in ODIs? It's been happening for a while. What do you think about yeah. that? This is a bowler talking. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the last time we did it, to be honest. I can't remember the last time we used one ball. I know what we the frustrating part of it and what happened, particularly in places like India, I think one of the main reasons we changed is because it was actually very hard to see. The white ball right. became a very similar colour to the pitch. Not only was that hard for the batters, it was actually pretty difficult to see it on TV at times. And that's, you know, unfortunately what it's all about, isn't it? It's, 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's got to be spectator friendly and you've got to be able to see what's going on. But in terms of the skill, I think he's right. I mean, Mitchell Stark would love to be bowling at the death overs with a 45-over ball, not one that's 22, because he's an absolute nightmare if that thing's reverse swinging. So um, I get it. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure if it was if it was great viewing for TV, to be honest. But in terms of the game and, and really seeing how good players are, I think one ball would be... Uh, would be ideal. Yeah, and and like I said earlier this morning, if you're going to listen to somebody in this scenario, you you know you you'd be listening to somebody like Mitchell Stark. He gets it, he understands it, and yeah. I think it was the the rule was changed back in 2011. So it's you know yeah. it's been there for for a while. Hey, just I mean, a quick it one then. Frustrating yep. for someone like him when you're seeing at the moment the scores are getting bigger and bigger, and bowlers are just it's basically like you're just getting hit out of the ground because you can't mm. you can't get any reverse swing, and that used to be the bowler's weapon. At the back end, you know, the pitches are already in the favour of one of batters in one-day cricket. We make them nice and flat so they can hit them out of the ground. And, and maybe we are seeing it go too far uh, in the batter's favour. So maybe the 50-over format that could be um, something they look at is to, is to make sure we have one ball. And it, and it evens up that back end of the innings a little bit more like it used to be. Yeah, you know the reaction, don't you? I mean, Mitch Stark says that, and all bowlers go, yes, and all batters go, shut up. Absolutely, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> India versus New Zealand. Um, so that's tomorrow night. India have been, uh, you know, just on the tear throughout this one. Winning the toss is going to be so important in this in this one, and also what Rohit Sharma does, because his explosive starts have been the gateway for, for India in the batting in particular to take away any of the pressure that follows yep. thereafter. He's he's turned everything around. He's he's hit at a higher average, more fours, more sixes, more power play runs, quicker than any other batter at the World Cup. So is he the key here? What's the key, India v New Zealand? Oh, they've got so many options, India. That's why they're so hard to beat. He's he's won, but if he doesn't get you, then Shubham Gill will. And if he doesn't get you, then um, Virat Kohli will. And KRL and Treyas I. So they just keep coming. That's why they're so hard to beat. And they're bowling the same, I think. Um, you know, they've probably got one of the most balanced and dangerous bowling attacks we've ever seen, if we're totally honest. So they're incredibly hard to beat. They've got so many options with bat and ball. That's what makes them so hard to beat. Um, they're in the home conditions. But I did say yesterday, if anyone can do it, it's New Zealand. They they have this absolute knack of punching above their weight. And what they will do is because they're so well-drilled and they're so disciplined and so honest in the way they go about it, they'll make India play their best game of cricket to beat them. And if India were to have an off day, New Zealand would be right there to pounce. Don't worry about that. So England, India have dominated this World Cup, uh, but New Zealand are a tough semi-final for anyone. I reckon we're in for two ripping semis. Good on you, Tim. Thanks for your time this morning. No worries at all. Tim Payne joining us there, 0457 736 736. And, of course, you can hear Tim every Monday and Friday on SEN Tasmania in the breakfast program with Brent Costello. So just download the SEN app. If you haven't done so, you can tune into any program around our great SEN network. one 1170 is the open line number if you'd like to have your say this morning.